0: aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I faced it all and I stood tall and did it my
1: way. And once again, I welcome you the proud owner of KWM Radio. My name is Don Crawford Jr. to another estate planning essentials program indefatigably seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I say hello to Michael Cohen. And Michael, what does indefatigably mean? If you can say, even say the word. Well, you'll have to spell that one. I'm going to ask you a moment. No, (laughs) I'll fail spelling it. (laughs) I I couldn't even say it, let alone spell it. I know, you had to repeat that three times. Yeah, I know, and that's not good. It's like those three free workshops, we say every program, three hours of free workshop time. indefatigably uh, means not tiring, but it's easier uh, done than said, I guess, something like that.
2: Well, easier said than done. Yeah, but. Two.
1: <laughs> but we welcome you again. We're grateful to have you. Michael's been doing these workshops for years and years online now after the last two and a half years. And this is our second show in person to be able to do these programs. And I think and Michael truly believes it's better in person, whether it's meeting with his clients, the Can't-Blame listeners, or others, or doing this program, or or having dinner. It sure beats doing it online.
2: Yeah, I love being in person with people. I mean, personally, I, it was a terrible. Of course, not only so many deaths and so many people got I sick, uh, but you know, we all I think long to be to see that see people individually. So it's so good to be back in the studio. Uh, again to see you after over two years. uh, We had been doing it by phone for those who uh, had never heard hadn't heard the show before Mm -hmm. and now uh, we're back and we'd always been doing it in studio live uh, in studio Mm -hmm. uh, previously so it's good to be back again.
1: Good well I'm so happy to have you back. I'm saddened for all those lives lost almost a million Americans 10-15 million people worldwide. Who would have ever thought two and a half years ago that this was even possible? But the unthinkable did happen and we're more grateful than ever for our lives and knowing that every day is a gift. Uh, Every program is a gift with you, Michael, too. These are free. Radio is free. Thank God. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do anything. There's no entrapment like there is with other kinds of media. You can just turn on your radio and here we are serving you. And Michael's been doing that for a long, long time. And we're grateful to do that every week via this Estate Planning Essentials program. Today, Michael, we wanna talk about estate planning and community property and separate property in estate planning.
2: Yeah, a lot of times the from an estate planning perspective, it does make a difference on what type of property you have because of different tax agreements. So we'll talk about, so, but first, before I even do that, I guess we should talk about what is a separate property and what is community property. Excellent. So I guess you probably define what is separate property because anything else other than separate property would be community property. Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing is if you acquired something prior to marriage, that would be considered your separate property. So for example, uh, I had a home before I got married. Um, Not that I would, I've been married for uh, 33 years now, so it's been a while. Uh, If I, if unfortunately I, I had, the marriage didn't work out, that home would, and I still had that home, uh, then that home would have been mine. Now, I would have had to maybe reimburse for any mortgage payments because any payments made, uh, just like assets, debts uh, uh, would be considered community debts. So that which was acquired during marriage. Mm-hmm. So you, if you could trace property, you could, you know, then it's easy to trace a property that you own before marriage you know, you have a deed. Right. So property that you own before marriage is the first thing. Okay. Property acquired during marriage, either by gift. So let's say you had a parent that gifted you something, or if you inherited it from the parent, devise or bequeath, um, or if you just, you know, let's say, whether it be by will or by a trust or just inheritance, if somebody didn't have anything, uh, a will or trust, then or by a beneficiary designation, that would be separate property. Now, in Texas, by the way, income from separate property, so let's say I inherited a CD, that income would be considered community property, unless I had a pre- or post-nuptial agreement. Uh, Now, by the way, out of the nine states that uh, have community property, uh, I can't tell you all of them, California, uh, Washington, Nevada, uh, probably Florida, I think Wisconsin. It doesn't really matter. Different states treat that differently, by the way. Okay. So Texas is only, I think Texas, Louisiana, and one other state treats income from separate property as community property. The others treat it differently. So the laws of every state, even on community property, differ So, you have to, uh, in your estate planning too, it depends on where you have property. So, if I'm in Texas and I move to North Carolina, if I kept my property in Texas, that might be community property, but it might be treated differently as other assets
1: in North Carolina. Which law kicks in the North Carolina <laughs> law or the Texas law? Well, if
2: you had community property and you retain that community property, that would be community property. But then the, if you bought property in uh, in North Carolina, that would be not be community property. That would be uh, under that common uh, law type uh, type state. Uh, and go by the laws of that state. So now you see with the mobile society that we have, it's kind of important to figure out where you have property. So if Don Crawford owned a property and was married in Texas, but kept that property in Texas, but had to move back to Pennsylvania, it would make a difference of where you, if you still have that property or not.
1: Got it. That makes perfect sense, except for the fact that I would argue if I was in a state, that said it remained separate property that, all right, so I inherited this property when I was married and this inheritance had nothing to do with my marriage. It was my birthright, for lack of a better phrase. And then it starts to create income. Well, if it wasn't for the inheritance, there wouldn't be the income, so therefore, the income should be hands-off too.
2: Well, it is that way in most of the community property states, but not in Texas.
1: Not in, te- not in Texas.
2: Texas, income from from separate property is community property. Wow. So, But that we're that. in the minority on that one. So this is why... So if you have property in two different states, if you inherited an IRA, mm-hmm. even if you inherited an IRA, and, and let's say you inherited an IRA, okay, the IRA is yours, it's your separate property, but whenever there's that uh, a required minimum distribution, half of that is your spouse. Wow. Okay,
1: that's the law. That's not that's, a judge deciding case by case. That's
2: that's Texas law. Texas now, law. it's different, again, if you are in a different community property state. Okay. So this is why it gets to be even more complicated because, the and of course, I can't give you uh, legal advice on any state that I'm not licensed in, mm-hmm. but it is important to know if you move from another state and you have property in more than one state, that you have to talk with the attorneys in both states. Got it.
1: Okay. Very helpful. Yeah. We talked about this topic a few weeks ago about leaving parents behind and that filial responsibility that people yeah, have too. Yeah. When you move, it's easier said than done for sure.
2: Yeah. Just to kind of tell the listeners who did not listen to that show a few weeks ago, filial responsibility is a uh, where a child is responsible for the debts of their parent. Mm-hmm. So we talked about a case. And if you're interested in the podcast, Uh, where the child had to pay the nursing home bills of his parent, Pennsylvania being the worst uh, state uh, that has filial responsibility laws. Texas doesn't have it, by the way, mm-hmm. but twenty-nine, I think it's 29 states that do, although it's mostly an archaic law. I call it a scarecrow law because, uh, you know, with Medicaid, usually that's the social safety net, and so if people get that, then they don't have to worry about a child pay because the government pays.
1: Right. All you need is one attorney to say, give me something to hang my hat on, and they'll come after you and claim filial responsibility, and then you'll be out, the, out of money perhaps, not necessarily for sure, but perhaps, and it could be $100,000. And it could be because of an estranged parent. You might not even have spoken to the person in decades It doesn't matter, at least in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, (laughs) I really don't want to go back to Pennsylvania, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: I, I kid with Don because he's from uh, Pennsylvania originally. So I I have to tell him how good he has it here in Texas.
1: Oh, you know, you don't have to tell me. I'm fully aware of it, and I love it here. I love Texas. I got here as quickly as I could, and I don't want to go back. I don't want to complete the circle. You know, so many people, uh, like I went from Pennsylvania to Massachusetts to California uh, to New Jersey to California to Texas. So it's one big circle. The most I don't want to finish off in Pennsylvania, I want to finish off right here.
2: Well, the but your point is that, uh, that you're it's a mobile society, yeah, and this is what and this is why it's so important to know you're going to have to look at the laws of each state if you move,
1: very true, Michael.
2: And, I mean, even those filial responsibility laws are different from state to state, mm-hmm. others, uh. You Know in Virginia, it's a lot different than Pennsylvania. You say, Oh, you have to show that you have enough money to pay for the parent. Uh, if there are some exceptions, if you're uh, if you got abandoned as a child or you had abuse or whatever, mm-hmm. and so they have restrictions. Whereas Pennsylvania says, Oh, you're a no problem, you have to
1: pay, it's your parent. Got but, it. Well, maybe that's why it's called the Philly law because it probably originated in Philly, <laughs> even though it's spelled differently. But yeah, yeah. nevertheless, um, what else about community property, separate well, property?
2: Yeah, so if you have. Let's say you did have property that was separate property, and you could trace it. This is gets into family law. I'm not a family law attorney yet. Uh, but you have to know that if you if you could trace your property, then that could st- if you got divorced to your separate property, how you acquired it and it was separate property, whether it's by gift, devise or property that you had prior to marriage, then that would be yours. That would be yours. And so that would be considered uh, separate property still. If you make a gift, Uh, Maybe to your spouse, sometimes that would be separate property. If it's a gift, you know, you receive it. Uh, It may be, um, uh, it could be, they look at it differently as far as uh, getting into taxes. Uh, If you have a personal injury, let's say you get in a car accident. Well, that's considered separate property too. That's for you. Uh, So all that is considered uh, separate property. But anything else would be considered community property. Okay. Now, this comes to, to me, it becomes most important uh, for the step up and basis. Uh, What's step up and basis? If you have property that is, um, let's say you had separate property and you died, and let's say you're married, well, there would be a step up and basis, no problem. If you had a community property and you're the one, it was your community property and you died, well, step up in basis. So what's the issue? Well, let's say that you, if I had separate property and my spouse, uh, it was my separate property and my wife died. Well, I get no step up in basis. It wasn't her property. Mm. But if it's community property and my wife died, I would get a step up. Okay, so what step up, I guess. Let's kind of clarify that. If I bought a piece of property, let's say I bought a home for $150,000 that was worth $600,000 today. Well, if it was separate property and my wife passed and I wanted to sell the property, well, I may have to uh, pay. I don't get a step up in basis. In other words, what's a step up? If it was community property, you get if she had passed, then the new basis instead of being 150, for which there would be capital gains tax on the increase would now be 600000 So then I, and then for um, uh, capital gains taxes on your home, you get to have an additional $250,000 gain if you've lived there two out of the last five years. So if I had had community property uh, and and by the way, you could change separate property to community property in Texas and vice versa by mm-hmm. the way okay So a lot of times you have to look at the situation uh, So if I had in my in this example, if I had separate property um, and I wanted to sell the property um, right you know let's say it was more than two years after my wife passed and it was my separate property and under that example, even if I sold it, 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 well, in my example, I, w- I said it went up to eight hundred and fifty, and before I sold, would say, well, I only get a two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar up to two hundred fifty thousand. It what well, depends on, I guess when when it was sold, because if it was two out of the last five years, mm-hmm. well, anyway, um, but um, that means that eight eight fifty from. Uh, you have one hundred and fifty was my basis. I could get up to two hundred fifty thousand dollar gain because I'm single at that point, so I get you up to four hundred thousand. So four hundred fifty thousand would be subject to capital gains tax, uh, could be you know twenty percent or so. Um, so if on the other hand uh, I had community property uh, and my wife died and it was six hundred thousand, then I sold it for that eight fifty, I'd have zero capital gains tax. Mm. So twenty percent, uh, four hundred and fifty thousand versus zero.
1: Wow, what a difference!
2: Okay, so now you can understand why uh, it would be important to know. Now, if you transfer, oh my, uh, my wife, I hope you're not listening. Don't listen. Yeah, you, you're you're never gonna die. <laughs> I, I, I so I'm just using this as an example. I always tell my wife, by the way, her her grandmother. Um, Uh, lived to be 107 and a half. Yes, Mm -hmm. she died prematurely. And so she and and everybody in her family lives, you know, longer than Methuselah. Mm -hmm. And and, and I'm older than she is. So I tell her that she's going to outlive me by 50 years. And I think she's trying to extend that. But anyway, she's going to outlive me. But for this example, I'm going to say that she passed before me. Um, If, you know... um, if she had passed before me uh, within a year and I tried to make it community property, they wouldn't let you do it okay so they 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 said, "Oh well, I can't just let you change that that quickly knowing sure. so you better do it a year in advance now, a lot of times, yeah. so we have to determine whether we want to have separate or community property. Now, if you give up your rights, then you had you had sole management you may before you do something, you have to look before you leap. Uh, because it may, you know, uh, so a lot of times people have to consider things besides taxes. I had, I had somebody in my office yesterday. We were doing an estate plan, and um, their son uh, was a drug addict, and we wanted to protect the son from himself. Mm-hmm. And we had an IRA. She had the major asset that she had was an IRA and um if the ira goes into a trust that we were going to have we had to make a decision is it more important to protect him from himself or is it more important to have less taxes and we, i had to ask the question and because if it went in if the ira went in the trust there would have been a could have been a higher trust tax rate compressed tax rate and so the decision was I got to protect him from himself is Mm -hmm. more important because of his addiction. Mm -hmm. And, but so again, we have to look at the scenario uh, before we do anything. We had part of, you know, this is just to understand to let people make business decisions. Are you going to lose? Do you want to give up some of your rights to management and control in order to save on taxes? And who's to say uh, that if uh, that, that spouse may not do something else with the property or asset. So you have to consider those types of things that bad things could happen. If it's community property, you know, it's considered like half that person's. Mm-hmm. So if your will can't say I'm giving away her half, <laughs> right. you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So and, if, and then you get into other issues. Are you concerned that the spouse might remarry? they may, even if they uh, even if they were married and you want to make sure your kids are taken care of, uh, and you trust your spouse, the spouse might get remarried, and she may have an obligation to support the new spouse, mm-hmm. you know for health issues and things like that. So it gets into a lot of different things that people just don't even think about. Uh, and similarly here on the community property and separate property, you have to look at all the different factors mm-hmm. before you make a business decision. And most of us don't even, we just th- don't think about it. We just doing our lives and just kind of go on and whatever happens, happens. Right. But if you want to plan, just like on anything in life, if you want to plan to protect you and your loved ones, you have to look at things like that to see what's best. A lot of times, so we had uh, another scenario this week where, the husband has MS, multiple mm-hmm. sclerosis, and he's fifty-three years old. Mm-hmm. And we said, "Oh, uh, should we transfer the asset from to be the separate property of the wife? But and, and 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 so that if she died, we were going to have a will with a special needs trust, so he wouldn't lose any potential." Uh, public benefits. So he could save all the money if it's all her separate properties. So a lot of times uh, for Medicaid, sorry to switch gears, we transfer all the assets from the ill spouse to the well spouse. If the well spouse dies, it goes back instead of having an I love you will that uh, into a trust that doesn't count for Medicaid if the well spouse died first. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I said, well, gee, he's under 53. I mean, he's only 53. Uh, if you are disabled on your property taxes, you have less taxes, just like if you're over 65. And we know that he was going, he's going to be disabled. So he we said, well, you know, maybe we don't transmute or change the nature of the uh, asset, uh, in this case from community to separate, because I might want to have lower taxes, not to mention the fact So there's different planning that we have to look at on community versus separate, uh, whether it's property taxes or capital gains taxes, you know, things like that. In addition to, in this case, Medicaid, uh,
1: estate taxes, all the different issues you have to do in estate planning. You hear how complicated it is. Um, Michael's been talking about the word community property. I have... um... Five of my best friends, four of the five, are all attorneys. Can you believe that? After all these years, they, four of the five ended up being attorneys. One's a judge, one's in San Diego, two's in Florida, and uh, it's fun. Uh, but they come up with these words, and we're supposed to know what they mean. So they all oh, community, that's really a simple word, but it is. I think community is shared, shared property between a spouse and spouse typically, but they use the word community, and I'm sure they have good legal reasons why it's called community property, but we're also here to share Just about estate planning and Michael's next workshop, because this is where you get your questions answered about your individual circumstances by Michael in person at the next one, which is Saturday, June the 18th at 10 o'clock in the morning. So no traffic issues. It's right up the street. It's here in Dallas off of 635 and 75. Is that where I use numbers? It's uh, near Medical City Hospital. Medical City Hospital. And you get um, free danishes, roast beef, lobster, you name it, (laughs) KWM coffee mugs. That's the most important. That's the most important thing is the KWM coffee mugs. But all kidding aside, you do have a, a nice free continental breakfast or muffins or donuts or that kind of thing with coffee and water and the like. And you get to sit down and ask Michael questions about estate planning or government assistance. And he comes back with very insightful and special answers for you that pertain specifically to your specific situation that very few can answer uh, so wisely. And it's free. Lasts about two hours. You can bring significant others. You'll share in in the in-person workshop with about 20, 25 other people and they're very helpful and you don't walk out of there kicking dirt say that was a waste of time you say the opposite boy thank god i attended that that next one again is saturday june the 18th at 10 o'clock and to sign up you have to dial 214-720-0102 214-720-0102 or go to dallaselderlawyer.com dallaselderlawyer.com michael thoughts about the workshop yeah we ask people what you want to know And we just answer those questions, whatever
2: your questions may be. And you'll see you'll learn something. Uh, it's free, like you said, without any obligation. And if you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, besides getting the free KAAM coffee mug, which is what I think that most people coach for, true. but it, <laughs> for <that. laughs> I think you are going to learn something. But if you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, we do give a free one-hour vision meeting also for you. So three free hours without any obligation. You're going to learn something. You're going to have some fun. And you're just going to see that the time is going to fly by. Uh, Again, all you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 number or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Two minutes left, Michael.
1: Uh, Final thoughts on community versus separate property.
2: We have to look at the, you know, not only do you have to consider the fact that if you make something community property, you have to look at the debts or potential creditor issues of your spouse. Uh Uh-oh yeah because if you give something then that means your their, that person's creditors could also be affected and also besides the uh, tax issues uh another thing is you have to be worried like when we do like a trust like revocable trust um do when you if i had separate property and i put that in there i may have made that into community property what happens if the person gets divorced? Uh, so you have to sometimes what we do, and we have to ask people. Do we? A lot of times we just put it in, but we'll put down the character of the property. How we put it in remains as it was when it was put in. Mm. Uh, otherwise, it could be, you know, it could be that the spouse, even if it was separate property, could argue and would argue that it was community property by the commingling. When you commingle, the presumption is always community property. The presumption is always community property. So not only is there, uh, it becomes community property, it also has community debts. And so we have to be uh, leery, uh, be careful. You have to look before you leap. Be careful what you ask for in your planning.
1: And there's the word be careful, air beware, as we say. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. Mr. Beneficiary, Mrs. Beneficiary, great news, you've inherited $500,000. Bad news, it's all going to the government because you are responsible to make the creditors whole because you are a beneficiary and that's no fun. So they pull the rug out from under you and you don't even know it. In light of that filial responsibility we talked about a few minutes ago, which also can be very threatening. So to ensure that you know what the future holds, Especially if you have, let's say, separate property in different states, you move from another state to the one you're in now or to Texas or Oklahoma or wherever you're listening. Uh, attend Michael's next workshop here in Dallas, Texas on June the 18th at 10 o'clock. And that's a Saturday morning. And to do so, dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, who is our Dallas Elder Lawyer. We thank you, sir. Thank you, Don.
2: The record shows
1: I took the blows and did it my
0: way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.